Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keen and Jonathan Kraus. How are you guys doing today? Yeehaw. <laughs> I don't know what's up with you and yeehaws today. Well, you said you can't start a podcast without yeehaw, so I had to throw it in yeah. there. You also can't start a podcast without a one-hour delay, so that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> that's How awesome. many accidents did you so, so encounter? Legitimately? So I've driven probably, uh, let's see, three, three and a half, four hours today, just going different places, picking up some different stuff, going to class. And I've seen five accidents, like not five accidents, like fender benders, five accidents where like an entire door or an entire side of the car is crunched up and destroyed. And so there was a little bit of rain here today uh, because we're getting the tail end of whatever like mini hurricane thing just hit the East Coast. And people just forgot how to drive, I guess, because (laughs) it was bad. But I was I was praying hard because every time I passed one of those cars, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine like I can't imagine being in that car right now. So just prayers up for those five families. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's up. And then I also saw this kid just get out of his car and just absolutely blow chunks all over the place on the side of the highway. So that was cool too. <laughs> it was wait, just an interesting day. Wait, what? <laughs> like throw up? Yeah. Like the, the family pulled over and one of the kids got out and started throwing up. I hope that he was drinking some red liquid because it looked bloody, but hopefully it was some like fruit punch or something that was coming out. Oh my gosh. So it's not a good day to be driving on any highway that I'm also driving on. So were you coming back from school? Is that why you were driving so much? No. So I went to school, came back, and then I had this, this, uh, Facebook marketplace thing I had to pick up. And that was also like 34 or 30, 45 minutes away. So I had to drive to that too. Hmm. Facebook marketplace is where it's at, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah. I got a $120 bench for $15 today. Like a workout bench yeah, or like a legit bench? No, a workout bench. I realized that the, uh, the bench I was using to bench press in my little home gym thing that I have is rated for 250 pounds. Well, I weigh 170 and I was benching like 160 on a regular basis. And so I was almost a hundred pounds over the weight limit. And I was like, you know, this probably isn't a good idea because I don't want to be under, you know, a hundred plus pounds when my bench falls under me. And then I have to figure out what to do with the barbell in my hands. So I went on Facebook Marketplace and found this bench for 15 bucks, and that's rated for like 600 pounds. So I'm never going to reach the weight limit on that one. <laughs> hey, hey, don't never say never, dude. Don't <laughs> sell yourself short. You come back in 10 years, I'll be benching 500 pounds and looking for a new bench. Uh, yeah. How was your weeks? Hopefully yeah. better than everybody on the highways here in Virginia. I think so. Um, Yikes. Too soon? yeah it's been a good week um i am at the point where i'm nearing the end of my semester like i i'm looking at the next things that i have due and i only have three or four assignments due uh, before thanksgiving and then like five after thanksgiving so i'm i'm chilling minus the the presentations i have to do because I don't know why, but it takes me extremely long to put a PowerPoint together. Like, yeah. I'm just not good at that. 
Yeah, speeches are greater than PowerPoints. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I agree. Also, uh, that's a great part of the semester. So that means you're just going to put your head down and get everything done as fast as you can and then have the rest of the, the semester off, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I'll try to get as much done as I can before Thanksgiving. What? I said, that's what every college student plans to do. They're like, oh, I only got eight assignments left? That's easy. I'll get yeah. it done before Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving comes and goes and they still have eight assignments left. And they're like, ah, oh, shoot. No, I'm I'm definitely <laughs> going to get a lot done the next week and a half. Like, I'm right. trying to get this out of the way. Well, I've never said that before. Assignments. Yeah, actually, you know what's funny? I, uh, we had like our big, on Thursdays, we always have our work meetings for scheduling and planning the next week. And uh, in that meeting, I found out that our technicians were off today. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what tomorrow is, which is today. And turns out it's Veterans Day. I was like, I wonder if that means that we get off. So I woke up today, answered a few emails for work, and I texted my boss. And I was like, hey, kind of a weird question, but I can't figure it out. Are we off work today? And like two hours later, he texted back. He's like, dude, yeah, we're off today. What are you doing? (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Yep. So I just woke up to not work day, which is pretty great. I'm not going to lie. It is pretty great, except for the fact that you didn't find out until two hours into the work day. (laughs) Yeah, but I was like... I didn't have okay, so here's the thing. I didn't have many emails to answer because everybody else is on Veterans Day. So it was like I was like, ooh, work is really light this morning and then turns (laughs) out nobody's working. Yeah. (laughs) But also everybody, uh if my voice sounds kinda messed up, it's because it is. Um (laughs) (laughs) I uh over the weekend with with, uh I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, I had friends in town from, from Idaho. And literally for Friday through Monday, because I took I took a uh, an off day on Monday. Um, literally all day, every day, I was just hanging out with them. We went to Frisbee tournaments. We did a bunch of different activities, went on some hikes. So that was really awesome. But ended up straining my voice that weekend. Um, and then whatever day, Tuesday it was, um, I, I didn't let it rest. I was doing other stuff. And then last night, I coached volleyball three for three hours. So, um, not doing great on the voice end, that's for sure. So, yeah, that's kind of my week right now. Basically, just resting my voice, drinking an ungodly amount of water. I drink like a fish right now just because my throat is always like scratchy. So, just keep drinking water. But I pee like every 15 minutes. I'll probably have to take an intermission with this podcast to pee. <laughs> Thanks for the update. You're welcome. Do you want any more details? No, I think we're good. <laughs> I think I speak for everybody on that one. <laughs> I, I think we got a nice image on that one. Yeah. Are let's, you sure? Let's just hope there's no downtimes in the podcast where you go like 20 minutes without saying anything or else everybody will know what you're up to. You guys are just see me walk out of my chair. Don't worry. I have a bottle sitting next to me, so we're good. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Too much of People's <laughs> off. <laughs> Don't mute me, Max. I know you have the power. <sighs> I don't know. Insert some transition about the, the image of God and how it was distorted by sin and how that leads to sickness and health. And that's why Jonathan's out of his voice and stuff like that. I don't know. Dude, we literally, we do better than that every week. <laughs> All right, go for it. We'll cut that out. Go for it. Okay. So guys, when, when you do experience sickness or any kind of health issues, we know that that is not what was intended when God first created creation. And we know that's not what it's going to be like when Christ returns for the second time. Speaking of God creating things, 
Transition to a totally different topic, and then you like took a hard left. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. <laughs> hey, it was better than your transition. But it was insert here. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Oh, we're going to talk about the new heavens and the new earth." Psych. <laughs> I'm just trying to get people excited about the things to come. You know, Bro, but we are talking about the things that are. Every day, there was some old Christian from like the 1600s, and I was reading about him, and it said every day when he woke up, he like went to his window and looked out the window, and he's like, "Maybe today's the day." That Christ is going to come back and everything's going to be restored back to his original intention. And then little did he back, know. Uh, and then come back the next day, like maybe today's the day. <laughs> what a, what a way to live. It is it is a way to live. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be such a sick day though. Like if today is the day, I would say it'd be a healthy day, but you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. anyway, let's use my transition because it was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the image of God. <laughs> you know, when I look at Jonathan's face, it just reminds me of the image of God because of how beautiful it is. So that's... Uh... He's right. <laughs> Every no. day when I look at the mirror, I thank God profusely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What if we're going to finish joking and actually get into this? <laughs> right now. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, Genesis 1 is, I was actually reading, I was interested, I was studying Genesis 1 through 3 this morning, and I was looking into it on the first page of my Bible, which you know is subjective because every Bible has different size font and all that, but on the first page of my Bible, humans aren't mentioned. And I was thinking, man, that's an, that's an interesting picture because we always think of creation, and one of the first things we think of is God creating man, God creating man and woman and looking for a helper for Adam and then making Eve out of his, his uh, rib. But when you look at the Bible, the entire first page is devoted to God creating the heavens and God creating the earth and God creating the animals and the plants. And then you turn the page and all of a sudden, at least in my Bible, at the very top of the page, God creates one more thing before he's done for the week. And that thing that he creates, it says he makes it in his image. Now that is, it's striking just the way it's presented in my Bible because of that page flip. It shows that there's a distinction between the way that he created us and the way that he created everything else. But I think what we want to get at in today's episode, and I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation, is what does that mean for us? Like, what does it mean for us that we are created in the image of God and dogs and tigers and bears and, you know, everything else is not created in the image of God? Who Who is God? In order to know what the image looks like, we have to know who he is. And in order to know what that image, what effect that has in our life, we have to know what aspects of that image are in our life. So let's just start there. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you think the applications for that are to our life? How should we live differently? Or what does it mean for us in the way that we're, we're made, that we're made in the image of God? That's a huge question to start, but I think you can yes. boil it down to a pretty simple answer for, for practicality speaking. Um, and that is that you have value. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean this in like a cheesy way. I mean this in like, without <clears throat> without the principles of of God and what Scripture lays out. Because if this is so interesting about worldviews and religions and all of them, literally every single one of them pulls like some of their morals from the Christian faith. Whether it's it doesn't matter who it is, but the Christian faith and the Bible and the texts that we have translated them from, we can trace back to literally it's like the oldest document in the world. Um, and so everything stems from it. And 
every other religion and everything, everybody's worldview and everybody's trying to figure out like what has meaning, what is value, right? And if so, if God arbitrarily created us and he created the animals and he just created mammals, we'll put a general term on it, then that means we have no extra value in any sense. We would have no, I would argue that we wouldn't have consciousness because we would be like the animals. We wouldn't have reason. We wouldn't have questions. We wouldn't have all these things that we have as humans uh, because we're created in the image of God and we created with with what we would call a soul and a heart and a, a state of being. And that gives you value. That gives you importance. And God also gave man or humans dominion over the earth and the rest of creation. Speaking into the fact that we are created as a higher being. And I'm not saying this to put anything else down. I know some people love animals and all that, but being created in the image of God is is such a insight into the intentionality and the value and the meaning that God has put into you as a human. And so practically speaking, that gives us so much insight into how important we are to God and therefore how much weight our mindset should be on this important, you know, kind of meaning of the life that God has given us, which is to love God and to love others. And going alongside that, um, on Sunday, so this would have been last week for when you're listening to this now, but last Sunday, um, I led kind of a discussion um, for our youth group boys um, about evolution and one of the things that we talked about is, you know, if ever if evolution were true and, you know, we just came from some other animal, then what value do we have? But if we know that we're created and created in the image of God, then that puts so much more value to us. Because, you know, evolution is, there's no point to it your life has no meaning. You're just part of a process. So you can go and live however you want and you can do whatever you want. And some people like the idea of that. Some people are like, yep, let me do whatever I want. This is my life. I'm just going to do as I please. But when you have the knowledge, knowing that God created you in his image, that that's an amazing truth because not only do your lives matter, but your lives matter to God. And that is so cool. Um, But that also puts a higher calling um, and responsibility on us too. Because if we were created in the image of God, we know that God is perfect. We know that he's holy, just, and, you know, list off all the attributes of God. So... For us to be creating that image, we want to reflect that. And when in the New Testament, it calls us to look like Christ, to live like Christ, to follow his example over and over and over again. And that's the image of God that we we need to be following, that we need to be living by. And so there's a higher standard for us and a higher calling for us because we were created with that image in mind. Yeah, and I think that when you think about it, so... 
when somebody coming to this topic from a scriptural point of view, they're going to say, yeah, we're created in the image of God. That's what it says in Genesis chapter one. And we see it through the rest of scripture. But if somebody was looking at it outside the Bible, how would we, how would we show them? Like what evidence do we have that humans have some different value than animals? And one of the things I would point to is just think about the food chain. Humans are not the strongest animal on earth. We're not the fastest animal on earth. We're not the best at gathering anything. Like there's very few things that humans have physical abilities that other animals aren't far superior at. If we got into a, if you put a, the strongest, fastest human in a wrestling match against like an average gorilla, he would get destroyed. But the fact that, (laughs) the fact that we have reasoning abilities, we have self-control. I think of the, uh, I think of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control. I think these are characteristics we have that other animals don't. And that is one of the aspects of the image of God. But one thing we can't forget is right now we've talked a lot about the attributes of man. And that's definitely one of the ways we express God's image. But immediately after talking about how we are created in his image, God blesses Adam and Eve and then gives them a command to go have dominion over the entire creation. He says, I give you every plant. I give you every beast. And then he looked at everything he had done after putting man in control of it and said it was good. And so I think another part of the image of God that we have to remember is that we have dominion over this entire world. Everything that he's created, he's given us control over. And I think that's part of his image because if we see God, the way he relates to his creation, he has complete authority over it. But he puts us on earth as a sort of representative of him over this creation. And then we have to talk about the effects of the fall. So now that we've talked about what it means for us to be created in the image of God, now I want us to get into what does it mean for us to be created in the image of God after the fall? How did the the presence of sin in our lives and in our interactions with each other, how does that affect our creation in God's image? And what are some some things we have to look out for or be careful of because we're more prone to do them now that sin is in the world? What do you guys think? Um. It's tough because, you know, like I said, we have this high standard um, because we're going to be judged for our actions. You know, the animals don't necessarily. What? That's a great point. Yeah. They, they don't necessarily get judged um, for what they do. Uh, and so we have to take responsibility for, for what we do. Um, but sorry, what was the question again? Knowing that we're created in the image of God, how should we understand the effects of the fall? Like what what, right. what differences are there in our, our nature because of the fall? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, looking at that, looking at how we have this responsibility, it, it means that our actions have consequences. Um, what we do is leads to other things and the animals their lives you know probably not going to go anywhere afterwards but for us we we have high stakes in this um we either spend an eternity in heaven or an eternity apart from christ from god and from christ um and so in terms of the image of god we know that we're not accurately representing who god is we know that we fall short of him. We fall short of his glory. And 
we have to recognize our need for our Savior. We need to come at it humbly and seek God and seek forgiveness because while we're created in the image of God and while we have worth, we also are prone to selfishness. We're prone to live a way that we want to live. And and we have to fight that. Because we can take God's image, we can take, you know, like you said, the authority that he's given us to, to have dominion over the earth and we can take advantage of it. Or we can live in a way that glorifies him with it. Where we're using the gifts that he's given us, the authority that he's given us to lift him up. But we have to remember that our actions have consequences and we need to live in a way that glorifies him. And and we know that we can't, you know, if we live the best that we can, if we try our best to earn, you know, salvation, if we try our best to, to, you know, look more like God, if we try our best to, to go back to that perfect image of God, we're not going to do it. And so we have to always come back to, we aren't going to save ourselves. We need Christ. Yeah, I want to throw a sports analogy out there to help understand what our role is relative to creation based on what God has given us and then tie that into sin. I think Ooh, shocker, sports analogy. <laughs> it's, uh, I think of, yeah, I was listening to football podcasts in my entire two-hour drive with the traffic. So. <laughs> It's uh, I think of a, a, the owner of a football team. The owner of a football team hires a head coach. And the head coach is the one who makes most of the decisions when it comes to player personnel and strategy on the field and things of that sort. But at the end of the day, the owner is the one who's in control of the team. And the owner communicates to the coach, hey, these are my goals. And obviously you have goals like winning games and eventually making it to the Super Bowl. But you also maybe have smaller goals like, hey, I, w- I want to see this player out on the field more. or I want to see this type of strategy included in our, in our game plan more often. So the coach probably does his best to try to take what the owner has given him and apply that onto the field. But the difference between that analogy and where we are with God is God is that perfect owner who knows everything perfectly. And so the commands he gives us aren't conjecture and like, hey, I think this would work like a, like a sports owner. But it's no, this is, I created it this way. This is how it's going to work. And then we get it in our heads and say, yeah, the, the owner thinks he knows what he's doing. But, you know, I don't really see the owner all that much. He's not here on the field like I am. So I'm going to make the decisions how I think that the decisions ought to be made. And then we start making those decisions pridefully based on lifting ourselves up rather than lifting the owner up. And we start to see that things end up going awry. We start to see that the the decisions that the owner was trying to pass down, the the commands that God was giving us, if we had carried those out, it would have gone well because he designed the whole game in the first place. But now we're trying to make decisions for ourselves. We are trying to be the ones who have that control and it's not going well at all. And so I think we have to remember that even in the sin, we have these desires and our desires to go with ourselves and to lift ourselves up and, and to glorify ourselves. But we all know when there's a coach of a team and all he wants to do is work for his own fame and work for his own glory, it doesn't go well for anybody. The best way you can lead the team, which it works in sports, it works everywhere because it works with Christ and that's how God designed it. The best way you can lead is by serving those who are under you. And so I think that's true of us. Of If you're a father, if you're a If you're a husband, if you have any leadership role, the best way you can lead is by serving because that's what Christ did. Trying to resist that temptation, that urge you have to serve yourself and to lift yourself up. And instead, going with God's goal, the ultimate goal that the owner of the team has is to glorify himself because that's what's best for everybody is for the the glory to go where it ought to go, which is to God. 
And so if we can point the glory to God, then we are going to be much clearer images and and, uh, reflections of God's character than if we're trying to point that at ourselves. I think it's good too to... I, I'm always a proponent of spending time in reflection about on yourself and just kind of circumstances, situations you've been in, because um, I think it, it can help you learn a lot about your thoughts, your motivations, your mindsets about things. Um, we're coming to this idea of the way the fall has has changed us and kind of tainted our, our almost tainted our, our image that were, you know, made in the image of God is because originally God made us holy, right? We were set apart and sin um, kind of stripped away that relationship, not kind of, it stripped away that relationship, that unity that we had with God. And so now uh, what we're pursuing, I would say, is still the same. We're still pursuing meaning and purpose and love and all these good things, right? But now we've lost that direction of where do we go to find those things? And that's where people go to all these worldly things to try and satisfy themselves, to fulfill themselves. And the idea of satisfying yourself and fulfilling yourself, I know it sounds super selfish on, on, the, uh, on the surface, um, but God's original intention was not for you to be hungry, for, not, for you to not be thirsty. He created us in perfect unity with him so that we could experience what pure relationship is and what fullness is. And we can experience that fullness again through Christ who has repaired that relationship from us to God. But it is only through Christ. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this idea of of <clears throat> the fall, it, it's really sh- like shaken our direction for, for where we go for this self-satisfaction when we should know, and scripture tells us, but we're obviously, we, we forget it all the time and we try different things and we experience different things and we make mistakes all the time that there's nothing in this world that we can find ourselves that's going to satisfy us and, and fulfill us. We know that God is the only one that can bring full fullness. There you go. There's, there's some words for you. Full fullness. Full fullness. Yeah. Y'all can be taking that one. That's that's the summary of the day is full fullness. And it only comes with Christ. Um, so I, I really, this we we were so created to be originally holy. And, and the fall has brought that away from us. And through Christ, we can be set apart again. Because that's what holy means. Yeah. is set apart. And God is so holy, so set apart. And we are so not. Especially with, well, because of the sin nature that we have. So being created in the image of God is you still have that. You are still created in the image of God. You still have value and meaning and importance because of that. But because of sin, that relationship between you and God is now strained. It is cut off. And you need Christ to fix that before you can be made holy again or set apart again. And I think that's that's kind of why Christian has asked this question, why it's so important to, to wrap your head around that the fall is a big thing and it separates you from the father and it causes a lot of misdirection in our actions. Yeah. I just, I had this funny image in my mind. Uh, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. So I'm basically going to say it and it's either going to sound really insightful or you guys are gonna be like, Christian, please never say anything that dumb ever <laughs> in your life. Uh, but I've heard people describe us as the image of God and describe that relationship sort of like a mirror, a mirror that's on the wall. And so we don't provide anything. All we do is reflect God. 
And so the more clearly that we can see God, the more clearly he's illuminated, the more more that we know about him, the better, the clearer, the cleaner for uh, the example, the mirror would be. But we, as the mirror, sometimes try to replace God. And so what we try to do, and this is the, the, the dumb part, is we as the mirror try to <laughs> jump off the wall, try to kick God out of his place, and we try to stand looking at the wall. But then what we realize is we're the mirror, not the person. And so if we are the mirror standing looking at the wall, we're going to be reflecting nothing and we're going to be seeing nothing. So the best place for us to be is where we were created to be, to be on that wall reflecting God in all of his glory. But as soon as we, like Eve in the garden, try to kick God out of his spot and say, oh, I'll be where he is instead of him, which I think is the biggest temptation that comes with being made in the image of God. Because if we slightly reflect God, then we think to ourselves, oh, I could, I could do what he's doing. It's not that hard. But as soon as we try to jump out of our spot and we become that mirror that jumps off the wall and tries to stand where God's standing, we end up realizing that we're reflecting nothing and all of the meaning and purpose that we thought we had, it ends up going away. And then not to mention the fact that when we jump off that wall and try to be where we're not supposed to be, we break in the process. So now we're a cracked mirror that's looking at the wall and <laughs> we're reflecting nothing, seeing nothing, and we are nothing. I really appreciate that you brought it all back to reflection, which is <laughs> reflection's important, folks, whether it's internal or external. Yeah. So one thing I want to leave you guys with, and I think this is this was a challenge to me when I heard it from one of the pastors at our church, and I, I hope it'll be a challenge to you as well, is that when we are the image of God, we think of ourselves that way. We always imagine ourselves in the position of God the Father. We always imagine ourselves sitting on the throne, everybody before us, like like having this authority that's been given to us by God. But what our pastor said is, everybody wants to be the Father, nobody wants to be Jesus. But what we have to remember is that Jesus is just as much God as the Father. And so when we are remembering that we're in the image of God, we have to remember that we're created in the image of the same God who stepped down out of his glory, who stepped down off of the throne where he was reigning to come down and humble himself, to be brought lower than his creation, to serve his creation, to wash the feet of the disciples, and then ultimately to die at the hands of those whom he created in his image. That's the God that we are created in the image of. That's the God who calls us to love others as he has loved us. And so I think this wraps it all together because we remember that remembering that we are created in the image of God, we have to remember, yes, that's true of you, but it's also just as much true of everybody around you. And so when you have those moments when you're deciding, should I serve myself in this moment or should I serve the people around me? Remember that they are created in the image of God and that that God who created you in his image, if he was in that moment, he would give up whatever it was that was pleasing to him and serving himself, and he would go and serve those people. He would love them. He would sacrifice his own pleasure and his own time to go serve them and love them, to put their interests above his own. Everybody wants to be the father, but nobody wants to be Jesus. So let's be people who want to live in the image of Jesus, who want to live loving people as Jesus has first loved us, because that's the call that he gives us, is to love Love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we do these two things perfectly, that's how Jesus wrapped up the entire Old Testament law. He said, if you do those two things, then you've fulfilled the law and prophets. So let's go out and let's love God with everything we are. And let's allow an overflow of that to come out as a love for those around us. So thank you guys so much for coming back every single week. We It was a pleasure to talk about this today. It's just Anytime we get to meditate on who God is and how that affects our relationship with him, I am I'm blessed. And I know that we came out with a cheesy application of love God and love your neighbor, but I think it's really 
I think it's applicable in this situation because God created us in his image. So we ought to live how he would live. And in a world without Jesus, we could say, well, if God was a human, he'd probably just sit on the throne and do his thing the whole time and make everybody serve him. But we have an example of what God looks like as a human. He came down and he came down as a servant and as a slave. And so let's live our lives the same way that Christ lived his. Let's live our lives serving from the bottom, remembering that one day the first will be last and the last will be first. So thank you guys every day, or sorry, thank you guys for coming back every single week and listening to this podcast. You are a blessing to us. We love you and we want to serve you any way we can. So if there's any podcast topics you want to hear from us, any episode requests that you have, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also reach us on Facebook or Instagram at livingvictorypodcast. And that's, that's why we're here. We're here to glorify God, to share the gospel, and to make sure as many people our age and, and whatever age can hear the gospel through this podcast as possible. So share it with friends and family. Uh, listen to episodes that you haven't listened to before. Catch up. We have some really, really good ones uh, back in the past, and we look forward to making some some good ones upcoming so that we can learn more about God and that you guys can come on that journey with us. So we love you guys. We thank you guys. And as always, love each other and shine your light.